Hey friends, are you tired of remembering all the bad stuff that you've done, the bad stuff that has happened to you or that you continue to punish yourself about? If you are, then it's time for you to start divorcing your bad stuff. Today's episode is for the person who is ready for a different relationship with themselves. The person who desires to grow a relationship with the parts of themselves that you actually love or even discovering those parts of yourself that you love. Welcome to another episode of Road to Radical Visibility, where we have powerful conversations and interviews that empower LGBTQ+, neurodiverse, and female entrepreneurs and professionals around the globe to become more bold in the expression of themselves, their mission, and their truth 100% of the time in business and in life. My name is Rachel Freeman Sowers, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you're enjoyed, if you enjoy this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel or even the podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Okay, so let's dive into the topic. As all of you know, uh, these topics come about because I talk to a lot of people every single week. And recently I had a woman say to me, I don't want to keep on talking about the bad stuff. And as you may know also that I've been a therapist for the last 18 years and I have heard this so many times and in the therapeutic realm, I think this is one thing that has really been a disservice to so many people, especially um, with the talk therapy and the way that we go over and over again about the things that have happened to us. Now, I want to preface this here with saying that, yes, there are traumas that happen to us and they create a hormonal response that then tells our bodies that we're not safe and we're not safe. And then we continue to stay safe. What I'm going to talk to you about today is why I'm shifting. And there is some shifts that happened because of all of my education in neuroscience, because of all of the things I know and all of the people that I've helped successfully work through a therapeutic process without having to keep rehashing the bad stuff. Um, The woman I was talking to, she was just like, I'm tired of hearing myself talk about it all the time. And remembering in neuroscience, when we talk about something, it's not only the brain, but it's the body that has a reaction. There's a somatic reaction and people just get tired of living in that spot. And if you're living in that spot, I'm glad that you're listening to this episode. So it's time for us to say, yes, that bad stuff happened. Yes, I did those bad things. Yes, I had those experiences that were unpleasant, the things that I didn't really like or that I didn't want to experience. And this is what I want now. So I wonder how many of you have been caught in the cycle of why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? When you very well know why it's happened, because there's been some effed up stuff that's happened to you in your past, right? I mean, like we actually know why things are happening. It's just having this ability to not bring those things in the past into our current identity, because so often what we're thinking is the thoughts that I'm having, the things that I'm remembering are me. They are my identity and therefore they are my reality. And today's episode is about playing with the possibility that they aren't your reality at all. 
So I was going to give you an example. There's been lots of times in my life when people have told me to quiet down. So I'm very passionate. I'm highly sensitive. I am emotional. I laugh really loud. I live life really big. And, um, you know, in my past, whenever I would laugh loud, just as a simple example, people would say, you know, don't laugh so loud. Or why do you have to be so loud? Or they would say to me, oh, you know, you know, it's not the time for that. And what actually it taught me was to be like not showing that part of me. It taught me to hold back my enthusiasm and my joy, because if I did that, other people would be uncomfortable, right? And so the bad things, the reactions that other people had towards me for being loud when I was laughing was the thing that taught me that expression, full expression of my enthusiasm, my joy, and my happiness was bad, right? And I wonder if you can relate kind of this story to anything in your life where you've been told, you know, um, to stop doing something because someone else had an opinion or a subjective way of looking at something that wasn't okay for them, right? And how do we begin to say no more of that? Because in all actuality, it still happens to me now. Like I laugh really loud and people will literally be like, oh, they'll be like, I thought, wow, Rachel, wow, right? But now it doesn't affect me because I am being who I want to be. And that reaction is not about me at all, right? And so how do I and how do you begin to create stronger relationships with the parts of you that you love. And even as we go through this, and maybe you're saying, I don't even know what parts of me that I love. Keep listening to this episode, keep watching this video, because you'll be able to find ways to discover the parts of you that you love. Because sometimes they've just been, they've been covered up with so much cultural BS, so much religious BS, so much societal BS that have taught you to stop being these parts of yourselves that you really loved. Because I can guarantee you, you didn't come out of the room cutting off parts of yourself. We were all conditioned to be a certain way in order to fit into society, to be a productive member of society, and honestly, to teach our children to do the same. Right. So I'm not operating in extremes here, but I love to have you entertain that you haven't or maybe you can't see all the parts of yourself that you love because you've been taught to pay attention to all of the things that weren't enough. That all of the things that weren't good enough, that all of the things that weren't appropriate. I mean, even being part of the LGBTQ plus community, I was taught that loving women wasn't appropriate. And that time I kissed that girl in the fifth grade and I didn't tell a soul because I knew I was going to go to hell for that. So I kept denying and denying and denying and denying that part of myself. In fact, I didn't even say it that I was lesbian in my business till probably about eight years ago because of everything that was surrounding me and to shed to shed all that BS off and just to be myself here with you today 
is the number one thing. And I want you to be able to do the same thing in your life and in your business. Okay, so how do we begin to create that stronger relationship with the parts of ourselves that we love? Or how do we begin to discover the parts of self that we love? One of the most important things is to realize that our language creates judgment. It creates emotional responses in the body. So one of the things that's really helpful is to change our language from good and bad or good or bad to helpful and unhelpful. This helps remove the emotional charge that can come with good and bad. So just for instance, how many of you told your kids? I did. So I'll just be upfront about that. And even or told yourself, be a good girl. Well, what does that mean? A good girl, the good girl that doesn't like other girls, the good girl that does what she's told, the good girl that submits to her husband, the good girl that isn't too loud, that isn't too aggressive, that isn't too, um, I don't know, whatever, herself, you know, too big. Good and bad have an emotional response. When we use the words helpful or unhelpful, it can also just be an observation. It allows us to say, observing this behavior, observing this way of being, is this helpful to me or is it unhelpful to me in the way that I want to be living my life and the way that I want to interact in the world? So for me, it was unhelpful to continue to deny my sexual orientation. It was unhelpful for me to to not state in my business that I help LGBTQ plus people. It was unhelpful and made me feel bad about myself that I couldn't just be me, that I couldn't be vulnerable and passionate and sensitive in all parts of my life. And so instead of saying that this is bad, the unhelpful then, then spurs me on to say what would be more helpful. How do I want to feel about this? How do I want to be in the world and what would be helpful for me to then be that way? Sometimes this includes cutting people out of your life for a time or for the long run. For me, it was about allowing myself to show my gifts and to be highly sensitive and to truly connect on this whole different energetic level with my clients. And the program that I'm working with now is called Follow Your North Star. And I've been accredited in the Brave Butterfly Effect through my mentor Morgana McCabe Allen. And really what this is, is about showing all the relationships with ourselves. So the parts of ourself that we have labeled good, the parts of ourself that we have labeled bad, and what we feel about those and how we interact with them. So if we remove the language of good and bad and replace it with helpful and unhelpful, you remove the judgment and become an observer, which then helps you distance yourself from an emotional charge that is associated with good and bad. All right, that's number one. So number two is to create a set, to create a way to separate yourself, your present identity from your past stories. Now, before you'll be like, great, how do I do that? The One of the most simple ways that you can start being mindful 
of the stories that you continue to claim as your reality from your past is recognizing the stories that you continue to tell about yourself. When someone asks you how you're doing or someone and you're having a bad time and you relate it back to a time in your life, what is the stories that keep coming up over and over and over again? Again, these stories come up because we have had an emotional response to an environment, something that has happened or something that has taken place. The the body then releases those hormones and tells us danger, danger, Will Robinson. (laughs) Like, we don't want to be here again. This is bad. We can't be here to survive. We're unsafe. But what we do after we tell the stories over and over and over again, those past stories then become our identity. And what I want to tell you is that they do not need to remain your identity. And because they have been imprinted, what needs to happen is that we need to remove them from your identity. We need to play with the possibility that this isn't your reality, that that this isn't um, an honest belief or It is, some people say, a limiting belief, but this isn't the belief that you want to believe anymore. And there's lots of things that attach are attached to this process that I help my clients through that we don't have time to go into here. But the overall gist of it is, is that the stories can be one of pain or can be one of joy. And when you tell that story, your somatic body, your body is having a reaction. The hormones are being released. And we continue to bring that into the present. We continue to bring that into the present. And what I get to help people with now is how to acknowledge that and honor it for the experience that it was, and then keep moving forward to not have to drag the bad parts into your current and present day existence. All right. So that's number two. Number three is to create a sustainable way of alignment that empowers you to develop ultimate trust in yourself. Another thing that my clients often struggle with, or that I hear a lot is when I ask them, what would it feel like to ultimately trust yourself? And a lot of them say, I don't even know. I don't even know. I would say, I asked the question, you know, what would, what would it look like if you trusted yourself? And a lot of times They'll say, well, I wouldn't be so indecisive. I would be able to make the movements I want to make in my business or in my professional life or even in my personal life, right? I would have more ease. (laughs) There wouldn't be so much chaos. You wouldn't suffer from decision fatigue. Um, I'm wondering what it would look like for you if you were able to trust yourself. If in the moment when someone is asking you, do you want to do this? for me? Or can you do this for me? And really your, your honest answer is no. In that moment, you could say no. And you say, thanks so much for thinking of me. But right now I just, um, I'm not able to take on any more, um, projects at this time. Um, I'm sure that you'll be able to find someone else. It's the same thing as when someone wants to think about working with me and we get on the phone and we have a conversation. It's not about me fitting into and making sure that they work with me, but it's them defining what is really best for them. And if our work together would equal that, that's great. 
But then if I don't believe it would equal that, or they don't believe it would equal that, then they can say, you know, um, I'm just going to keep looking. But sometimes when those things happen, it means something. If I say no to something, what will they think about me? Right. But having this ultimate trust, the ability to make the decisions, the exact decisions that you want, the exact decisions that your gut is telling you to make. So you're not walking away feeling resentful. You don't keep pushing. You're not tired all the time. You're not saying like, why do I keep giving? Or you keep claiming that I'm just this giver and I'm this helper when you're only that until you're not. You can be a helper and not um, destroy your health and your mental well-being, right? There's a way to do that. But if we don't trust ourselves in those times of decision and create this ultimate trust, what happens is that we begin to think that we're this. We are the giver. This is just how I am. And we begin to settle for things that we don't really want in our lives in a way of being that we really don't want. So the way that you can start developing this ultimate trust in yourself is really to start with small decisions. Now I was trying to think when I was putting this pod, this show together, the road traffic visibility show and podcast, I was thinking, what is a very simple example? And a lot of times the very simple example can be something as simple as smiling. How many times have you been so busy in your head or you, you thought, Oh, you know, I want to smile right now. And you didn't because maybe you don't like the way your teeth look, or maybe you don't like the way you smile, or maybe it's not appropriate to smile on this part. Or (laughs) one time I was walking with my friend Veronica and I was like, have you ever opened your mouth like really wide? And so there's other people on the trail. I was like, I was doing it the other day when I was walking. It's so freeing. So I'm literally on the trail and she's like, oh my God, Rachel, don't do this. She's like, I'm like, you know, just like opening my mouth, just just trusting myself to do it at that time and create this experience where if I'm opening my mouth that wide and being like having this experience, it doesn't mean that, um, that I have to be embarrassed or that I have to not do it because I'm on, you know, I was outside in nature on the trail. Right. Um, and so I just was doing it. And although she was like, oh my God, I was like, yeah, this is just so freeing. And it really is about starting to make those small decisions of you trusting yourself. It's about the minute you want to be singing to the song that you love in your car, but your window's down. So you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. Start freaking singing anyway. Allow yourself to, um, to help your body become safe in your decision-making. When you do this, you start developing the ultimate trust. When you do this, you're able to say no when you want to say no without any shame or guilt. And of course, you're doing this respectfully to yourself. And when you do it respectfully to yourself, you will always do it respectfully to other people. So this ultimate trust within yourself starts the small decisions. I wonder if you can put in the comments below if what decisions small decisions you can start making for yourself. Maybe I was talking to a client the other day and he said to me, he said, I don't, um, I don't have time to go outside. I have to sit and I have to do this work and I'm not going to be able to do it. And, you know, cause if I get up and go outside, I'm not going to, well, it's like he only stuck to the belief and trusting that he had to sit there when, when he sat there for two hours, he didn't get the work done anyway. 
And I said, what if you played with the possibility that you could get up and go outside and have some fresh air and then come back and then do the work, right? It's allowing yourself to play with the possibility and to get curious about really what you are wanting to do and how you want to interact in this world. Okay, so those are the ways that you can begin to create stronger relationships with the parts of yourself that you love. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I'm ready to divorce these bad parts of me, I'm ready to stop swimming in this cesspool that makes me feel bad about myself, that reminds me all of the things I haven't done, I would love to have you reach out to me and find out more about the Follow Your North Star program. There, um, there are so many ways that you begin to make these movements in a short amount of time. And there is a science and there is a rationale and there is a way of being that you can have in your life. And if you're like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm just not ready for that. If you're saying I'm not ready, I want to ask you to play with the possibility that you are ready because there is something inside of you, whether it's this little tapping or whether it's this huge banging on the door that says, I don't want to do that anymore. And you don't have to always remember all the bad stuff or drudge through the bad stuff to have the life that you want. And I would love to help you and guide you through that process. So if you are like, hey, I'm interested, I want to see what it's about, you can feel free to DM me on any of my social media channels. You can also put a comment below this video or you can reach out to me at rachelfreemansowers at gmail.com and I'd be more than happy to explore the possibility of you divorcing the bad stuff and the things that are no longer helpful and you creating the life and be your, being yourself 100% of the time in your business, in your life, just the way that you want to, because you can. So I'll end this video the way I end every single video Please make sure to stay true to yourself, be kind to others, and always, always, always honor the wise one that is within you. I'll see you all later on the next Road to Radical Visibility. Talk to you then.